Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan. And we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses that should brighten your day low actually a lot so sign up now at chumbacasino.com that's chumbacasino.com no purchase necessary btw void were prohibited by law see terms and conditions 18 plus okay round two name something that's not boring a laundry oh a book club computer solitaire huh ah oh, sorry we were looking for chumba casino That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Over 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello there. My name is Miles Chupp, and I'm just interrupting you as you listen to whatever it is that you actually want to listen to to tell you about the second series of Middle Please Umpire. Middle Please Umpire is a podcast that I, Miles Jupp, if you weren't concentrating when I first introduced myself only moments ago, that's not a criticism, your thoughts are your own and you must focus them wheresoever you yourself choose, host with Mark Wood, the 95-mile-an-hour bowling, England-playing, World Cup-winning, Northumberland-hailing cricket lunatic Mark Wood. It's another series of episodes of the two of us talking about cricket and indeed any other stuff that springs to mind, both with each other and also with a succession of frankly illustrious guests. We lift the lid on Mark's life as an international sportsman, basically he spends a lot of time icing himself, and take you on a whistle-stop journey through the windmills of his mind. I, a mere fan, listen agog, giggle excitedly, and try and draw comparisons with my own rather more mundane existence. All episodes of Middle Please Umpire are available right now from your favourite podcast providers. And welcome, Spurs fans around the world, to another Spurs show. My name's Theo Delaney. I speak to you from London. I have an esteemed panel of guests with me, which seems only fitting because we feel like, I think, we could be at a pivotal moment in our great club's history. We'll see what everyone else thinks. With me returning, stalwart of the show, a man with blue Tottenham bloods coursing through his veins, Mr. Rob White. Welcome back, Rob. Hi, mate. How are you? Reasonable. Reasonable. Now, recently we've had some uh, tribulations and trials, not least in our defence. So we kind of thought, who better to turn to for guidance at such a time than one of the greatest central defensive partnerships in living memory for Tottenham Hotspur? Gives me great pleasure to introduce to you, first of all, Paul Maxi Miller. Hello, Paul. Good evening. Welcome back. And Mr. Graham Roberts. Welcome, Graham. Thank you, Leo. Nice, nice to see you again. Lovely to see you both, and thanks for thanks for coming. I guess the best place for us to start is um, probably the game we've most re- recently witnessed, 
We lost, of course, at the weekend, 3-1 at home to Manchester United, a game that we were ahead in, which gave us cause for optimism in the first half. And yet again, and it's a recurring theme in this season, we let a lead slip. And sometimes, more often than not, we've let a lead slip and we've ended up drawing. On this occasion, we ended up losing. Uh, and comprehensively, in the end, 3-1. Uh, afterwards, there's been all sorts of post-mortems going on and uh, various degrees of alarm. But um, I just thought first thing to do would be to get a general impression of what we all thought of that game. Rob, how did you react at the end of that? I was, yeah, I was pretty pretty down, actually, to be honest, Theo. Um, and as you well know, because we've fallen out over this previously, I've been supporting Mourinho since day one. I, I you know, I... I didn't so much as buy into it. I, I just thought, well, let's see what this guy can provide. And um, I think up until Sunday, it was uh, there were moments where I, I completely lost the plot I, earlier in the season. But but Sunday for me, um, it just seemed it seemed all over the place. But but um, yeah, very very flat. That was it really for me. Paul, I don't know. Um, obviously, I think sometimes fans overreact. We all know that, especially in the age of. Uh social media and and they're very fickle you lose it everything's doom and gloom you win everyone's you know absolutely cock a hoop in my experience ex-players like yourselves have a slightly more sober way of looking at these things and a slightly more reasonable how did you do you feel um despondent at the end of that game paul no less than some of the other games in recent weeks um i didn't i didn't expect a lot to be fair and we didn't we didn't produce a lot uh, listen, at the moment, you, need, you, don't, you don't need to be Einstein to recognise what we have a uh, shortage of, which is good defenders. Uh, we're massively short of a right back and a centre-half, and, and you haven't got to be a genius to, to work that out. Um, and possibly also a creative midfield player. Um, have we got one in Den- Dembele? The jury's still out. I, don't, I think he needs to play more further forward, but I'm still not sure about him anyway. Um, all I'm saying is at the moment... If, you, if you're playing, if you're playing in games when you're you're two defenders short, you're going to look to concede. And when we concede, you know we're not the best going the other way. Um, although we've got great strikers and probably one of the best in the world, two of the best in the world. But um, so I wasn't surprised. Um, you know, it's nothing special, by the way. Um, but uh, disappointed like all Spurs fans, but not surprised. Graham, I think I'm right in saying that that Rodon and Dyer who started the game, I think that was the the only. The, the only partnership in central defence that he hadn't tried before. So basically, he's been mixing it up and mixing it up and really keeping everyone guessing. When I look at you two guys, you know, you two were absolutely, if you were fit, you played and you played together. And and that's and solidity comes not just from the fact you were both good footballers and both completely uncompromising and committed, but also from that regularity of uh, of a, a partnership, right? You, you you start to read each other's games, you can rely on each other, you know where you're going to be, etc. So do you think he's um, been too prone to mix things up do you think he should have possibly tried to stick with one partnership and get them to play into some form totally uh Theo I think um you know when I when I got put to centre half when I first came to the club I was a midfield player but then I got asked to play centre half and then I got to play with Paul and we just had such an understanding you know we knew when to stand up we knew when to drop off but I look at these players and I feel sorry for Hugo Lloris, really, because every week there's two different players playing in front of him. 
So he doesn't have an understanding with them. Like Ray Clements had, and we knew what Ray Clements was going to do, and he knew what we were going to do. You know, so if you haven't got that understanding together, then you're going to be all over the place. You know, Stevie Perriman knew exactly what we were doing, and we knew what he would do. We knew Chrissy Uton. So we had a nucleus of the back four that played together for, I don't know, what, four or five years, Maxi? And, you know, and, and at the end of it, you know, we knew each other inside out. You know, the best centre-half we've got is Toby Alderbrown. He can't even get in the team. You know, so straight away, you've got Joe Roden, you've got Eric Dyer, who's not a centre-half, and I don't care if he tells everybody in the world, he is not a centre-half. He is a central midfield player, and because when he plays at the back, we like I, I watched on Sunday, and I thought second half we started to try to press them. They got through us, and all of a sudden Eric Dyer and Roden are on the edge of our box. So you're talking we're playing ninety yards of football. So how can Harry Kane, Son, and all that try to close people down when everybody else is dropping off? I just I'm you know I'm I'm really disillusioned with it all at the moment. Um, I'm, you know, I'm a Tottenham man through and through, and I, I, I just don't understand why we keep changing the team. We're not going to get any understanding. We're not going to get anything in the team. We have the best strikers in the world at the moment. Harry Kane, Son. All right, he's playing Mora. I think he should play Gareth Bale. Give him a run. I think Deli Ali should be in the team. Deli Ali, if you go through Deli Ali's record. He scored 50-odd goals. Endombele scored three in two seasons. Um, Le Salso, two in three seasons, in two seasons. You know, you can't rely on our strikers all the time. And we're going to concede goals. So you've got to... I just don't understand what's going on at the club. I'm very disillusioned with it all. Um, I'm upset. But at the end of it, you know, he's the manager. He picks what he feels. People that train well. Well, I wasn't the best trainer, and I'm sure Maxi will tell you, you know, it's what you do on a Saturday and in a match day that, that counts, not on a training pitch. I mean, what, what, I've, what I don't understand is this is one of the most experienced and accomplished managers in the world, if you look at his, you know, his CV. So he's not an idiot. He doesn't, I mean, he understands the basics. He's, God knows he's managed big teams in big situations, and yet he insists on changing it and changing it and changing it. And it seems to me, I don't know what... I don't know what you got, you think, Paul, but it seems to me that he does it because he wants to be always making a point about players and, and trying to punish players or try to apportion blame to players and always to be saying, well, I'm not picking them because they were rubbish last week and that they can't, you know. And that seems to me like cutting off your nose to spite your face, doesn't it? Wouldn't you? Who, if you if you had to pick a partnership and try and stick with them, albeit from not great, you know, raw material, who would you pick, Paul? I, I agree. I mean, Jose's Jose is a one-off character anyway. Um, he, he's very different to most most other uh, coaches and managers. And um, as you say, extremely successful and probably was the best man for the job at, at the time after Mauricio. Um, would I pick at the moment? I would think I would pick uh, um, Toby because he's the most experienced player and uh, he's a he's a top player and his defensive uh, way is, is very good for us. He's been a great servant for us. 
And I, and I think I go for Joe Rondon at the moment because he likes to defend. He's old-fashioned defender. He wants to get his body in the way. He loves to tackle, likes to head the ball, which is a big rarity nowadays. You can't find defenders like that anymore. So I would go for those two. Um, I agree with Robbo about uh, um, Dyer. He's a midfield player. Um, Sanchez, just not good enough. Same as Aurea. They're both accidents waiting to happen. Um the the uh, the uh, Doherty we bought from Wolves is used to playing the five can't play in the four and has, has struggled really. Um, as on reiterate what I said before, you don't be an Einstein. We need to buy you know we need to buy a right back a centre half and a quality midfield player because uh, you know in Dunbelly I'm still the jury's out. I'm not sure um, what we're going to do with with Jose. I don't know really. I think it's I think Jose's got a massive uh, seven or eight games come up, including the League Cup final. Um, whether Daniel remains patient with that, I'm not sure, but um, it's a, it's a massive last period for the club in all ways. Yeah, I mean, Rob, what do you think he needs to do minimum to keep himself from being fired? He's got to win the league cup. He's got yeah, he's got to win the league cup uh, in a couple of weeks. I, I I think you should. I think maybe we could rewind a little bit and and look at uh, sort of part of the reason for for you after your two, there's two questions I keep asking. Why did Mourinho take the job? And the second question is, well, it's, it's associated with that, really. And it, it's to do with, um, I can't even remember what the second question is, Theo, to be honest. <laughs> the first anyway, so you asked yourself, why, why did Mourinho take the job? Yeah. That's the first thing. Yeah. Because he knows more about football than, than I do. He knows more about football, with due, all due respect. To, he knows more about present-day football and what goes on behind the scenes than most of us here. And I think if I, I, I'm really interested to know out of all of us, if the job was offered to us, if we took away our Tottenham, the thing that makes us totally irrational is would we take the job knowing what happens at that club behind the scenes? What I was going to say, sorry, the second point was that actually for both parties, for for Mourinho PLC and for Enoch PLC or for THFC PLC, the hiring of Mourinho was, was, it was raising us to a different level. If you ask people in the street, if you stop them in the street and you showed them a picture of Mourinho and you showed them a picture of Pochettino, they would recognise Mourinho hand hand over fist. So I think it was there was something to do with taking us to another level. And how that's not worked, I don't quite understand. But you also have to ask how it's not worked for a succession of other managers. The, the bottom line of it is that Mourinho took the job and he said, this is the actual words he said, you have a fantastic squad here but but graham we all we all take jobs we all take jobs in that respect don't we all we all say things to 100%, get a job 100 percent. so he's come in he's destroyed deli alley he destroyed kevin de bruyne he destroyed mo salah and their two world-class players were fortunes now so he's going to let deli alley go deli alley will be worth a fortune in two or three more years time when he goes to Paris or where he goes, wherever. So there's something not right in that club at the moment that, uh, you know, you can't keep going on and and slagging players off and doing things, upsetting people. Where's Bergwijn now? Bergwijn's gone missing. Who, can I ask you a question? Who do you think's been had, Levy or Mourinho, in this? Well, obviously the chairman has, hasn't he? Okay. Yeah, I yeah. think so. I mean, I Rob... think Mourinho's come in and said, I can win you this. I can win you this. You have a great bunch of lads. I don't want money. You know, we got. I can make these players better. 
Yeah. Well, I haven't seen it make them better yet. No, he's made, as you say, most of them, or a lot of them, he's made them worse by mistreating them. Theo, the bottom line of it is that he's come in, he's upset eight, nine players. You upset one player. The rest of them will gang up on you. Maxi will tell you that in a football club. The players stick together. Yeah. So as many as you upset, the worse you're going to be. And they will get you out of the football club. And we don't want, listen, we, nobody wants anybody to be sacked. But you cannot treat players like that. And Demi Alley, for me, he's, he scored 50-odd goals playing behind Harry Kane. Why are you playing him left wing and right wing? Play him in his position. And he, you know, like we say, Endon Belly. Endon Belly scored three goals in the two seasons. He's not going to get you 20, 15 goals a season. You know, play players in the right place. Yeah. I mean, the thing is uh, it, uh, about Mourinho is it's not like it's the first time this has happened. His last couple of jobs, it's exactly the same thing has happened. He's one by one. He started. Luke Shaw? Yeah. He started blaming the players publicly all the time, every time he gets a bad result. And one, he's lost them one by one. And as you say, players don't respond well to that. Nobody. It's not just in football. You don't respond to that well in any walk of life where the boss keeps publicly slagging you off and blaming you all the time every time something goes wrong and refusing to take any responsibility himself. And if it was, if this was the first time he'd ever done it, you might be forgiven for thinking, well, we must have a bunch of right rotten blokes here in our squad and he's calling them out. But he keeps doing it. He keeps doing it. So it's obviously him. I mean, you look at all the modern, the good modern coaches, they don't do that, do they? No, Theo, listen, if you're playing at a football club and you've got a manager and things are not going well, you've got a manager that comes up to you, talks to you, doesn't go on TV, doesn't go on the radio, slagging anybody off, puts their arm around you, you're going to say, oh, I'm going to I'm going to make it up to you. Yeah. But if he's going on the radio and on TV and blaming every Tom, Dick and Harry, then, you know, you, players are going, hold on, you've just slagged me off. I'm not going to help you out. Yeah. There's no relationship. And that's how football is. We come back to the, the point, which I'm not defending the guy, is that everybody knows this is the way he operates. And we're sort of having a conversation, endless conversations like this is some sort of surprise, which which I don't get. I don't understand that. So, well, well, it makes the board look a bit naive. But as we know, when he turned up, he publicly made a speech in, in a press yes. conference. I have changed. I'm not like that anymore. I've discovered yeah, yeah, ability. I've learned from my mistakes. So you can only imagine he said the same thing in order to get the job in the first place. So you said earlier, why did he take the job? People never say this about football managers. They almost say it as if football managers are on a... I'll tell you why he took the job above all other reasons. £8 million a year after tax, right? For four years. But the guy, the guy's, the guy's been paid off for something like £53 million in his career. Yeah but, yeah, but people like money. If he thinks I can get another £32 million now, come what may, he's not going to say, actually, you know, I don't really need it, so it's fine, don't worry. No, look, look on, on that point. On, on that on that point, he doesn't get thirty-two million. Every every club in the world nowadays has a twelve-month. Uh, okay, so if he gets sacked, he doesn't get it all. Yeah, he, he gets eight million. It's like everybody gets only gets one year pay. Yeah, yeah. When they get sacked, nobody okay. gets three or four years money anymore. 
Okay. Uh, also, I don't think I don't think Jose came back for the money. He's got 150, 300 million, whatever. Yeah, he came back for the ego. Yeah, he wanted the job. He wanted to be back in the line under what he needs. That's that's what that's what feeds him. Not not cash don't feed him. Yeah. Bottom line of it is, he saw the, he saw there was a gap there that Tottenham Hotspur that Mauricio Pochettino was wasn't doing well. He came. He, he, the first game ever played at Tottenham Stadium. He was on the bench for Inter Milan. Right? He wasn't silly. He knew what he was doing. He knew that if he kept his eye in there, he was going to get that job. He got the job. But what my argument is that he's come in. We're worse now than when Pochettino left us. Yeah, absolutely. No question about it. We've gone backwards, which is why Harry Kane is reported to be uh, thinking of leaving. He wasn't thinking of leaving at that point. But anyway, we'll come to that because that's a whole other disturbing subject. We should take a break now. Okay, and now we're back from the break. And before we carry on with this... um, very stimulating conversation. I, I should say that um, this show, as you, as regular listeners will know, is brought to you in association with William Hill, the official betting partner of Tottenham Hotspur Football Club. And to celebrate this partnership, uh, they've given us, William Hill, a signed Spurs shirt from the current side to give away to one lucky listener. To enter, all you have to do is go to our Twitter, where you'll see the competition. You follow us at Spurs Show. You follow William Hill at William Hill and you retweet the competition and then you're in the draw and you have a chance of winning this fantastic shirt. Uh, the winner will be notified and announced on next week's show. So you want to do that sharpish, I would have said. Uh, 18 plus, by the way, please gamble responsibly. Terms and conditions apply. Um, by the way, you can go to williamhill.com or even better, if you haven't already, download the app to get all the latest odds and everything. And, uh, and when we talk about the forthcoming game at Everton, I'll be giving you some uh, tasty odds to consider there. Um, oh, by the way, also for premium content, including a daily news show, ex-player interviews and original documentary series on Spurs, go to patreon.com forward slash Spurs show and it costs from around 50 pence a week. So it's it's extraordinarily good value. Check it out. We talked to, we, we alluded just before the break to the Harry Kane situation. Because to me, at the moment, there are two big figures at the club that whose who's, uh, uh, future is uncertain. One's Mourinho, where we've talked about him. The other is Harry Kane. It's come out in the quite well-respected athletic. It's not like the Daily Star. You know, the athletic are not, not in, the, in the business of making things up. But for the first time, from a very good source, and not many people have disputed it, it seems that there is... The, the, extri- the, the very good likelihood that Harry Kane is looking to move on if we don't get into the Champions League, which to me looks almost impossible now. 100%, yeah. Yeah. So do you think he, he will go? And if he does, do you blame him, Maxi? Well, for a start, he's, he's the whole family of Spurs supporters, yeah? Grandfather, father-in-law, father, brother, everybody else. His dad and his brother run his life now. Um Harry's a serious first fan. Uh, do, I, do I think he leaves? No, not at all. He's got three years left on a contract. He's about to sign another contract, I believe, in the summer when the crowds come back and he'll get a new one. Um, he's England captain. He doesn't bade well for an England captain to go and play abroad, which he'd have to go abroad because he wouldn't be sold to an English club. 
And also, if you're talking about money spending, um, no one's got 150 million pound in the world today uh, because of the, the, the pandemic. Um, so I'm saying, no, he's not going. Obviously, the TV and media are trying to make it all up as they always do. But I mean, if you think you think of you're Daniel, you ain't going to sell your best asset. You know, we got we got season tickets and boxes and, and corporates to sell next year. Most of these people are only coming back because of Harry Kane. So I'm saying to you, it's no chance of Harry leaving, absolutely zero chance, yeah? And uh, what, he, what, what he will be asking, though, he'll be asking the chairman, who are we going to sign? He's he also, he's, he's there every day. He knows he needs defenders. He knows he needs another creative, creative midfield player. Because at the moment, Harry Kane's the best head of the ball in the club. He, he heads more balls away in our box than anyone else. He creates more goals than anyone else. And he scores more goals than anyone else. He's a unique player. He's arguably one of the best players in the world at the moment. I mean, defence. Why would, as a club, anyone want to think about selling Harry Kane? Yeah, but I, I, I mean, I absolutely agree. There's no way that Daniel Levy wants to sell Harry Kane. But you, you can see why Harry Kane might want to move, can't you? If he's nearly 28, he is, as you say, one of the best players in the world. He's never, he hasn't won any single trophy in his entire career so far. And he should be at the level where he's competing every year for the Champions League and for league titles. So wouldn't it cross his mind that with time running out, the best thing for him to do would be to go? And if he does, if he did decide that, couldn't he make that happen? Like in the, in the same way that Berbatov left and Sheringham left and going back, Glenn left and, you know, Bale left, et cetera, et cetera. Isn't, isn't it the case that if he wanted to go, he could go? Not in my opinion, no. So you think, you think Daniel would keep him... Uh, and enforce, uh, make him stay whether he wanted to go or not. I mean, it's certainly true. He's got a long contract, hasn't he? he sounds... who, who said he wants to go? What? It's only, it's only newspapers and media are surmising that at the moment. No one, Harry's not said anything. Harry, Harry loves our club, as we know that, yeah? So yeah. I'm saying to you, worst case scenario, he has another season. Okay. Well, at least, at least, because he, he wants us to buy some players. He realises it's been, it's been the last year, has been a Craig Cracker's year for everybody. Um, you know, we're buying and selling. I mean, at the moment, most of the leading clubs in the world, uh, uh, like Barcelona and Real Madrid, are bankrupt, right? There's only two clubs in the world that could afford Harry Kane. It's, it's Man City and uh, PSG because they're sovereign owned. And they've got problems with the uh, with the fair play uh, buying and stuff. Um, he ain't going to go to an English club. And, and Harry wouldn't want to go to an English club. So it's got to be abroad. So he's got one, one choice to go abroad, PSG. Does he want to play in the Mickey Mouse League? Which it is the French League, to be fair. There's only three or four clubs there. And have a chance at the Champions League. So all I'm saying is that I don't I think it's it's not still will not go this season. Next okay. season, another year, and who knows, yeah? All right. So Graham, let's say that's what he concludes. I'm going to give it one more year. But in order to give it one more year, he's got to go. So he's got to go to Daniel Levy and say, look, I'm prepared to give it another year because I love this club. I don't want to walk out. I'm a Tottenham man. But I'm 28, and if I, if I don't feel like at the end of next year I'm we're close to really winning stuff, I'm going to have to go. So, what does he say to what does Daniel need to do to demonstrate to him that there is a serious prospect of us winning big trophies? Well, it all depends on the manager, does it? Now, if if the manager's still here, then I think there'll be a big conversation between Harry Kane, Mourinho, and the chairman. You know, I think. Deep down, we know we need defenders. All I'm going to say on this is that I'm with Maxi. Harry will not be leaving the club this year. He will stay. We'll see what happens in the summer. And if we aren't close next year to winning trophies 
or we don't win trophies, then yes, I believe he will he will leave not this season, next season. But like I look at us, what are we missing? We're missing a centre half, yeah? Or two centre halves, whatever. We have bought Sessignon, 25 million quid. Clark, 11 million quid. Um, who else did we buy? Somebody, Foyth, he's gone out. We've got three players there. We've got Bergwijn, we paid, um, did we pay 20 million, 25 million for him? Mm-hmm. We, we're paying Gareth Bell millions of pounds to sit on the bench. So why have we bought these young players and let them go out on loan. What if you'd have so, not paid any money for those four players? We could have bought probably two centre halves, quality centre halves, you know. And that's what I ain't getting. I'm not getting who's buying these players, who is buying these young players, and then bringing them into the football club and sending them out on loan when we need that. We need players. We need to spend money on players for our team. And that's what I'm not getting at the moment. And I would think Harry will go, you know, say, I w- we need this, this, this. If you're not going to do it, you're not showing me ambition about this football club. Yeah. So do you think if he, if if Levy says to him, listen, this is what I'm going to do, Harry. Yeah, I mean, do you think if Levy says to him, look, Jose's leaving. I'm going to get that Nagelsmann in from Real, from Red Bull Leipzig, who is the hot young managerial property in in the in the Europe right now or in the world. I'm going to buy. I'm going to spend 60, 70 million on a top top centre half and another 60, 70 million on a top creative midfielder, and we're going to bring back stability with the new manager and with those two players. It's similar to when Liverpool bought the goalkeeper and the centre half. That's the situation, isn't it? And I and then Harry, you can you can feel you will know then that I've put my money where my mouth is, and I'm I'm going to give it everything because we want you to stay. And with you, we feel we can win the big prizes. Theo, we bought in. You're just saying about bring, spending money, right? Yeah. We let Kieran Trippier go to Atletico Madrid. Kieran Trippier is in the England squad. And we've got two players now that couldn't lace his boots up. Well, where's the ambition there? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, recruitment's always a problem and it's not... Carl Walker Yeah, Yeah. We've got Danny Rose. I don't know where Danny Rose is. No, nobody knows. Both Walker and Trippier wanted to leave. Yeah, but you don't have to sell them. But you're going to be left like Danny Rose in the in the, doing nothing with the reserves. Carl Walker left because he wanted more money and he wanted his wife wanted to go back up north. Okay, that is what I've spoken to him many a times. But if that Tottenham would have turned around and said, "We give you a hundred grand a week," at that time, I think he would have stayed because he was enjoying his football. Okay, he went to Man City. Man City have won everything. Oh, on that on that point as well is that we had we had Trippier as well there at the time. So we had two very good right backs, and we could only really play one because I remember they were alternating, weren't they? They were playing alternative games, yeah. So what was saying is it was very difficult to keep both of them at the time, and we kept we kept we took good money, fifty million for Walker, and we we kept Trippier. Um, but so what I'm saying, you know, it was probably a choice we had to make at the end of the day, yeah. But what I'm saying is, you're right. We've sold Trippier and Vatsonden, and, and and no one we ain't got a better defending yeah, have we at the moment. 
No, nobody. We haven't got them. And and the bottom line of it is, we've let Trippier go. We've let Carl Walker-Peters go, who's in Southampton's team, and he's better than the two we've got now. Yeah. So where's the recruitment going wrong? Yeah. I mean that, but I mean, no club gets every single transfer right, do they? Every every transfer is a bit of a gamble. We'd like to have some right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Can I just ask an awkward, not awkward question? I keep looking at poor poor Ledley, and he looks very awkward. Guys, what do you think? How yeah, do you I, think? I he, agree with you. How I do you think he's I, feeling? Because well, I I thought he was going in there, and I love Ledley. I, I'm his mate. I, yeah, yeah. I speak to him often, but I thought he was going in there to work on the back four. But it doesn't seem, though, they do that. Like, after Sunday's game, I'm thinking, well, you go in on Monday, have a loosener, and you get everybody on the pitch and say, look, this is what you did. We don't want you to do that. Because I saw Joe Rodin, and I agree, I think he's going to be a good player. Yeah. But I saw him for three goals, put his hand up, and just stand on the edge of the box, and people run past him. And I'm thinking... Just show them on the video. You can't do that. You have to make sure you make it hard for them to get past you. And 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 what we're doing is, you know, it is like I looked on the social media yesterday and they're playing basketball. And I'm thinking, what the? You know, <laughs> we, we can't keep a clean sheet and we're now playing basketball <laughs> yeah. after losing 3-1 to Man United. <laughs> you know, come on, it's... It's not scientific. No, I mean it's just yet another. It's just another thing on the charge sheet, isn't it? Does anyone? Do, do, do any of you think there's any future for Mourinho at this at this club? The way things are, um, not the way it's going at the moment. I think no. um, you know. Listen, he's been very lucky. I have a lot of mates who are Tottenham fans, season ticket holders, and they're they're going potty, absolutely potty. If we'd have had our fans back now, it there would be. Demonstrations, yeah, unbearable. But he's been very lucky. Um, but I think he's caused his own problems by upsetting too many people. Totally agree. Do you agree with that, Maxi? I think the managing chairman have had a, have a had a big break this season. Yeah, not that Daniel's got much to blame. Daniel doesn't buy the players. Um, both of them would have been absolutely slaughtered if we'd have had the crowds in this year. Yeah, hundred percent. But Maxi, you just said Daniel doesn't buy the players. Yeah, he does because they have a committee. Of three or four people on that committee. He, what I'm saying, Robert, he, don't, he doesn't choose them. He doesn't go out and. Well, somebody's choosing them, Maxi. Because... Whoever's choosing them is choosing the wrong ones. I'm not. Daniel's, Daniel don't, don't profess to be an expert in buying players. We've signed three players and three of them are out on loan. I don't, I'm, I'm trying to work that one out. Do you, I don't suppose you have any ideas over who might be a good replacement for Mourinho? Well, I like, I like the lad at Leicester. I think he would be ideal for us. Brendan Rogers, I think. Plays the right kind of football. It gets things out of people that, you know, they have a, they have a, they have good players, but they have some average players in their team. But they all seem to give one hundred percent every game. All right, they got beat by West Ham. They should have got a draw. But at the end of it, you know, Brendan Rodgers is unlucky with Liverpool. Could have won the league that year. Steven Gerrard falling over. Um, I think he's made for our football club. I do. Do you think he'd be possible to get? I mean, would he want to? Would he want to leave Leicester for Spurs, Maxi? Of course, of course he would. Yeah, 
course he would, yeah. yeah. I mean, what about the, the German that everyone's talking about, Nagelsmann? Do you think that's a bit more of a risk? He, he's, he's, still, he's still a kid. He's still a kid. We, he's, he's got no experience at the moment. He's, he's, that's too early for us. Yeah, I, I agree, Max. I think, you know, he's coming into an English football team that totally different to German football. football. You're under pressure every game in the English league. You know, he's not under pressure at Leipzig. Yeah, they play nice football and, and you know, he's, he's got good reputation there, but I don't think he's won much. So, yeah. you know, Brendan Rodgers won loads of trophies. He's 10 years too young. Yeah. Like, yeah. Okay. Well, let's look ahead. Let's look ahead at this uh, forthcoming game. So it's on Friday night because of the crazy TV schedules. We've got a Friday night game. Everton away. Now, we've already been to Everton this season and lost 5-4 in spectacular fashion. <laughs> we also lost rather ignominiously on the first day of the season at home to Everton. And if you remember that, everyone was like, oh my God, what kind of a season are we going to have here? Within eight weeks, we were top of the league. Very strange. But um, we're actually favourites of William Hill, by the way, to beat Everton 5-4. to four. They've got a lot of injuries and they're on a bad run themselves. Theo, did you not listen to their manager last night? What did he say? He went, oh, we'll have a few back on Friday night. Don't worry. Oh, yeah, that's right. Calvert-Lewin <laughs> is definitely back, isn't he? Yeah, classic. We're playing Tottenham. We'll have a few yeah. back. Sorry. Everyone's coming back for that one. They love playing <laughs> Tottenham. <laughs> well, well, we're favourites to beat Everton at 5-4. to 16-5, to five, Spurs win and both teams to score. Sonny is 4-1 to one to score first. Kane is 14-5 to five to score first. And incidentally, while we're doing the odds from William Hill, to miss out on Champions League and Europa League, Spurs are now 5-2. to two on to miss out wow, wow. so yeah you, you pay your money you take your choice but do you think we'll we, I mean Everton as I say they're in a similar in some ways in a similar position to us they're a, you know they had high expectations there was a point in the autumn when they were, were they were top of the league weren't they early doors and they they've got this glamorous manager they've got good players you know and they brought in some good players and it's all a bit fizzled out for them so it's not a dissimilar situation they've got they've got to be fair, they've got worse injury problems than us. But as you say, some players will be coming back. How do you see that one, Rob? How do you see that one going at the moment? Of course, they are. we're going to win, aren't we? That's that's <laughs> uh, you know, like a true Spurs fan, you you turn the TV off on Sunday and you think I'm never going to watch that lot again, and then <laughs> yeah. then you realise, oh, we're playing Friday. I might just watch that, and um, <laughs> full of optimism, especially last night watching Everton, and they looked all right. They've got lots of injuries. They looked a bit tired. They looked a bit. Uh, I don't know. They just. Yeah, come on, we're going to win it, aren't we? <laughs> well, I, I, do you know what? I wouldn't be surprised because one thing that characterised uh, Mourinho's sort of slow death at Manchester United is a bit similar to here. Just when you think it can't get any worse, it actually doesn't. And he gets a couple of results. And you think, oh, OK. And then, of course, just when you think, actually, they could be onto something here, it all goes wrong again. But OK, Theo, what, who will he play the two centre-halves? You've got the cup coming in the week well, after. What, what are you two who- doing Friday night? <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, but what I'm saying to you is, if you're looking to play Man City, you're looking to have a, a two centre half to get to know each other and everything. You can't play Joe Roden because he's he's cup tied. Oh, oh, I forgot that. Yeah, so he's out, right? So he can't play. So you've got Sanchez, Dyer, Alderbrad. Alderweireld's got to be there. He's got to play. Yeah, and it would have to be Sanchez. Well, I, I would agree with you. Like we've all established, Dyer's not a centre a centre back. He's not a centre back. He's not a centre back. He's a centre midfield player 
and he can drop back in to be a sweeper. When Eric Dyer plays at the back, he plays too slow. The football's too slow. So everybody's behind the ball for them. And we're still passing the ball between two centre-halves and the midfield player. So he's got to go back into midfield. I know when he when Mourinho joined, he said to Mourinho, I want to play centre-half. And I think ever since that day, that's what Mourinho's done. Yeah, and it hasn't gone well. But for <laughs> some reason, Mourinho's taken against uh, Toby Alderweireld, who gets £150,000 a week to, to mostly be on the bench. And he's, as you say, the one thing, I mean, you guys know certainly a lot better than me, but I've always thought that if there's one position on the field where you need experience and, you know, it's that position. And he's got that. He's played at the highest level. He's played a hundred times for his country against all the best countries in the world, as well as playing in endless Champions League games for us. And But he's not good enough to play for Tottenham. Yeah, I mean, it doesn't make sense. It makes no, no sense. It, would, might, make even, no sense it might make sense if we had two young Tyros playing in the centre of that defence, playing out their skin, but we most certainly don't. The one person we haven't mentioned is Tanganga. Yeah, but for some reason he's, he he says he's a, he's a fullback and he won't he won't seem to countenance him as a centre back. I like Tanganga. He doesn't until that terrible. What was the game? The mistake. Oh God, I get. I can't remember what game it was now. But until then, the recent one of the recent debacles. He, I, I thought he'd played more or less without making any mistakes. So, but I mean, you know, it's one thing trying to work out who you think should play. Uh, trying to work out who he will play is like anybody's guess. No, nah, you, you got no chance because yeah. It, yeah. It, it, whatever you think and whatever people mention, he'll go against. So you know that's that's the way he wants to be. I, I'm just frightened that we let Deli Ali go in the summer, and Deli Ali will be a wonder player, and he will be like De Bruyne and and Salah. He become a big, big player for some club, and why can't it be for us? Because he's got a better record for games for goals than Frank Lampard, Steven Gerrard. So I just don't get it. I just don't get that. But you just know, not with this manager, it's too late for this for for them to reconcile. It's only going to, it's only going to happen if we get a different manager. I feel. Let me ask you because we're coming to the end, and I, I always like to ask for. I will ask you for score predictions in a minute about Everton. But before that, I'd like to ask you this question. I'm going to say, these two men, will they be here at the start of next season? I'm going to say Kane, Kane and Mourinho. So tell us, tell me, Maxi. I know you think Kane will be here, right? The beginning of next season? Absolutely. Mourinho? No. Okay. Graham? I, I agree. Both same, of them. The same. The same. Kane would definitely be it. I'm going no, no. Okay. All right. So let's get on to score predictions now for the Everton game on uh, Friday. Maxi, what do you think? I'm a total optimist. Um, <laughs> so I, I'm going to go for 2-1 that we win, only because... You're right, we, we turn things around sometimes against all, all odds. Um, Everton not having a bit good spell. They've got injuries. They're not, they're not the best team uh, defensively-wise. And, uh, you know, and we've, we've, we've lost both the games against them, unluckily, really. I mean, in the first game of the season, we, were, you know, we had a chance to, to, to win. We didn't play well the last half an hour. The, the cup tie was a, was a ding-dong. Um, and uh, we, we had a great chance to win that. I just think we might. I think I just fancy us winning on on Sunday. Uh, is it sorry Friday? Friday, Friday night. Friday, yeah. I just fancy us winning. I think we 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 we'll have a little bit of a, a kickback from uh, the other the other day, and um, 
But I mean, I'm, I'm, we will let a goal in because that's how we do. But uh, I think we've got enough going forward to upset them. Rob? I like 2-1 as well, yeah. Sad, well, not sad to say, I'd say 2-1. That's what I was thinking. Okay. And Graham? 10-9. <laughs> <laughs> Defence is on top. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, at least we've managed to finish on a light note after what has been, uh, you know, it's been it's, it's a difficult time for us in the Spurs family, but at least we've managed to finish with a laugh. Uh, all that remains for me to say is, uh, Robbo, Maxi, thank you so much for coming back. It's been it, actually, it's been extremely, you know, useful. And just, 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 just one more point I'd like to make is that I really think that the crowd needs to be back in. When we've got sixty-two thousand in there, I think it will see a hell of a difference. And the games that we've probably not picked up points and and, and drew or, or lost would have could, probably would have been turned around if we'd have had a crowd in. And that's that needs to happen sooner yeah, rather than later. I agree totally. Well, as I say, thanks very much for joining us. Thank you too as well, Rob. Um, and uh, let's hope for better things come Friday. And then after that, of course, Wembley beckons. Uh, so this is the other lady signing off and saying, go and you Spurs. This is a Playback Media production. Get all the associated links for this podcast at spurshow.net. Sports Social Podcast Network. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, We've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.